Welcome, everybody, to the JK Sports Podcast. I am Juan. And I am Kyle. And uh, welcome to the best show you've ever listened to in your life. This side of the Mississippi. Uh, and even the other side. Well, that, how do they know which side I'm talking about? Great point. Right? Great point. So, it's been a little bit here, Kyle. Um, too long. Too long, yeah. It's been a little too long, but uh, we're back. We're watching... It's a great time. We're watching football. There's um, college, NFL, and um, MLB playoffs. Yeah, too started. Not that I'm. They, they kind of snuck intro. up on me, man. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Those playoffs, they really came out of nowhere. Playoffs. Yeah, I, I saw a stat, and NBA is supposed to start soon. Something that like, I think last Tuesday was the last day for. You know, maybe until January, that there won't be sports on every single day. Yeah, it's the best, man. This is such a good time of year for sports. I mean, football basically every night. It's it's fantastic. I do. I'm not gonna lie. I need like the Tuesday Wednesday breather throughout the week. Right, right. To like you know be productive. Family time. Dude, yeah, yeah. I gotta <laughs> I, I, where I'm, there's no distractions. I do need those two days, but. You can still turn on the TV, and there's still some dumb, like, Mac or SWAC game. Um, so there's still football on, which is just great. Do you find yourself, like, you have it on in the background, but you're really not watching it? And the next yeah. thing you know, you're like, it, it, it's just comfort, right? Like, you yeah. have it, it's, you just want it on in the background. Just want it on. I totally agree. Absolutely. Well, and it's good in any scenario, too, so... If somebody's over at the house or whatever, it's just, I, I don't know. It's one of those things that can always be on, right? Absolutely. I, I had this, uh, call it a bit, that I, I said the elements to having like a party or a gathering is very like small, right? So let's just say you're by yourself and you, and I said, Kyle, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm just here, um, you know watching tv sitting on the couch right okay all of a sudden i say all right that sounds boring what a lame lame guy right right i say kyle what are you doing he goes oh i'm listening to music and i've got the game on in the background sitting on the couch right come on over let's have a party <laughs> right, right? right let's get a couple drinks going and right. and it's good like those are i've changed two things i've added two Bridges things just full <laughs> yeah right i've added some music and sports yeah i agree that's it maybe add in some food right a couple yeah. whatever you want to drink doesn't matter like that, that that's that, it that is pretty much a standard in our house on any given night music is almost always on Every single night. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the kitchen, throw on Alexa. Alexa, play whatever I'm in the mood for. And it, But it's everybody in the family does it. A little T-Swifty there, too, huh? Are you guys uh, listening to that? get a ton of T-Swift in the house. Every now and then she makes an appearance. I don't want to lie. Um, it's not something I'm turning on, but I do have three women in the house. So, yeah, T-Swift. I mean... She shows up in my house more often than she shows up, you know, to a football game. But oh, she doesn't. No, I mean, I'm just, you know. She's showed up to two football games. Right. It's been coverage everywhere. Yeah. Um, what's crazy is she sells out those stadiums. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, she went to times. she went to the Jets stadium, right? Yeah. And like that it's wild to me when somebody put it that way. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people for NFL game. They're like, she's probably really like, oh wow. But also, she probably sold that out for three consecutive days. Right. That's what's crazy to me. Not once, but multiple times. And not only that, it wasn't enough. So they're like, hey, we need you to do another tour so everybody else can come and yeah. see you. Yeah. Yeah. Do we think it's a hoax? Do we think? What? Her and Kelsey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, it's for sure not real. No. But, I mean, whatever. It's a good storyline, I guess. I mean, it's brilliant by the NFL to market it. Well, as I was talking to, um, you know, somebody that we both know, um, we'll call him uh, Hefe. Okay. Uh, um, he, you know, I was talking to him about this, just, you know, guy talk. Right. All this. And he said, well, I'll tell you this, why he thinks it's not a hoax. Because everybody knows you don't bring a girl over to your mom to meet the, the mom and hang out with the mom if it's not serious. Unless it's T. Swift. <laughs> that, that's a terrible <laughs> argument. <laughs> Absolutely. I, as a married man, I would bring T. Swift over to hang out with my mom. And everybody would be okay with it, including my wife. So, I don't know. That's a flawed argument there. I'm not sure I agree with that. Yeah, right. like you're saying you wouldn't even have to run it past your wife. No. Like if your wife calls, you're like, oh, I'm just hanging out with T. Swift and my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I mean, you get a pass. Like you're saying you that, that's like yeah, a... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in I, I would expect that... For my wife, too. Like, there's... I mean, what what would be a good comp for that? What would be a good male comp? I, I don't know. Uh, Mario like, Lopez. Just like Justin Timberlake. Justin okay. Timberlake, right? Yeah. Pop star, you yeah. know. But, yeah, if, if she said, hey, I, I hanging out with JT, I had to introduce him to my dad, I'd be like, yeah, right on. That's I mean, awesome. I get it. I'd want to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Maybe it's the whole sync though. They're coming back on tour. sync is? Yes. Not they, Justin Timberlake, they, but NSYNC. They released, like, a song. I thought they had guys in rehab and, like... I they, they all were... got better, man. They got out. <laughs> I, well, good for them. I'm happy for them. They, there's no way they can all perform, though. Right? Uh, they're not 60. Yeah. But... Rolling Stones and Keith Richards and, like, Mick Jagger still performing but that's doing different. concerts. But they're, they're, like, rocking. They're playing instruments. I mean, Mick Jagger was... We, I actually saw him in concert. He was awesome. He was all over the place. But the other guys just kind of, for all intents and purposes, just stood there and played their instrument, which was cool to see them. But they're, they're not—they're not going back and forth around the state like. Yeah, NSYNC is stage. like a dancing performance. They're not playing instruments and standing still. They're dancers. Right? They're dancers. I mean, aren't they? <laughs> was another thing like the choreographed like NSYNC dancing? Only one right. way to find out, Cal. I don't know if that's one I'm going to go to, man. You know I love me a good concert, but I don't, I don't know if that's one I would attend. There's a number that we could pay you to go to that. Well, yeah, everything's got to What if price. you got a free ticket? Even if you got a free ticket, would you go to the NSYNC concert? Got a free, okay, how about this? If I got a free ticket and you bought my drinks the whole time, yes. Even if it's nosebleeds? See, I think that would actually be more enjoyable because... If you're up close and in it at a concert or music festival or whatever, you gotta, you gotta love what you're watching because it's, 
it gets a little intense with like the people and stuff. So nosebleeds would be great. I could have my space. I can get my drinks. Especially you know. all these women that are our wives' age that are going to be, you know, yelling, screaming, That's turning, turning back to their, yeah, you know, high school, Crying, whatever self. Yeah, high fiving. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, I'd rather be further away. From a distance. Okay. So, any listeners we got, if you want to give Kyle a free ticket and pay for his I'll go drinks. You. If you need a companion, I'm there. That It's like a service. You're like a... Yeah. Not a wing... Like, a like Not a wingman, but, <laughs> but yes, you are for hire, um, a yeah. buddy service. I, listen, I'm a great time. I promise you. Concert <laughs> Kyle is a great time. Concert Kyle is a great time. I have witnesses that can attest i promise i will not let you down you know maybe maybe we expand this can we just say to any concert oh yeah and and any con any type rap country yeah i'm trying to think if there's any is there one you wouldn't go to what are like the um those techno like ones like those huge bashes in miami where everybody's just throwing up beach balls and like yeah yeah. Yes. Like, it's just too, which I I get it, but, like, you know, you're going to go see a DJ. Dude, I, we, at ACL, we went and saw one, and it was awesome. Like, we didn't think we'd have any interest in even going. We went. Concert Kyle away. liked it? Oh, man, yes. All it right. It was weird, but it was awesome. So, we're going to put, I'm going to put a Craigslist ad out there or okay. something, right? Yeah. Concert Kyle. All expenses paid. Yes, all expenses pay. You need a buddy. You need a wingman, a gigolo, yep. whatever you need. Yeah. Kyle will be there at a concert. These are his demands. Yeah. Your your date bailed on you. you yeah, you last minute. You bought an minute. extra ticket. You can't get rid of it. Can't sell it. Hit me up. Concert Kyle. You hit me up. I'm there. <laughs> this we could get sponsorships. This could think be of all these sponsorships that we. Yeah. Get. Yeah. I'll take pictures of you. With, with the whatever you want to be doing, I can be the oh, picture yeah. guy. Right? Vid- you could take videos of, yeah. of of the band, you know, so that they can remember their time. You're singing, I'm videoing you, and then I pan over to the band, yeah. and then I pan up to the big screen. They do the yeah. little thing where they put their fingers and make like the audience, the band members look really small, kind right. of thing. Like right. you, you can do that. I you can crop it out. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. You you get sick, whatever. I can call the medics for you. You know, I, yeah, I'm there for you. Yeah, there's probably some things you won't do, but like most, just in a general sense. Let's keep yeah, the illicit there. drugs. At bay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we gotta draw a line on illegal yeah. activity, but you will call the Uber or taxi. Yeah, that's right. Right. I'm there's gonna not gonna be driving. Let's not. <laughs> listen, we're gonna we're gonna push it to the limit, but we're not gonna go over the line. Yeah, you're gonna get a hundred percent of concert, Kyle. Right, and that comes yeah. with certain things. That's right. Right, all legal. <laughs> yeah, but buckle up. Like we're not there to just sit down and clap softly. You're feeling down, so you know, girlfriend broke up with you. You're feeling down. You got yeah. this concert ticket. One of her favorites. Concert call. Concert call. Oh, call me up. He'll dude. make you feel yeah. better, and you will have a. I guarantee, 100% guaranteed, <laughs> you'll have a great time <laughs> right. at the concert. Right, or we'll refund your. I don't know. There will we'll, be we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, figure, we'll talk to the lawyers. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll come this contract. Anyways, um, let's let's get right to it. College football is full in. We're in. Have we played six games? 
Well, I think we're in week six, but five games. Week, but week zero doesn't count, right? Some teams, maybe right. Notre Dame has played six games. I think whoever played good, a, good, yeah. That, anyways, we're five games in. Gators are three and two. Mm-hmm. Um, record is not really surprising us right now. I think if you, if I said Kyle, three and two after five games, you'd be like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. About that, right? Because we have played Utah, um, Tennessee, and Kentucky, right? Correct. So, it's that. Yet, there's... It, it doesn't feel the same, though, right? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Where are you at right now with Gator football? Obviously, they just lost to Kentucky, and there's a lot of things going on right here. So, yeah. so where are we at? Where Where is Kyle? I don't it, care where we at. Where is Kyle with the Gators right now? You know, Gator it's football. hard because you're asking me after a loss, and mm-hmm. not just any loss, an ugly loss. It, You know, if you're just looking at paper, like the record on paper, this is, like you said, pretty much where we thought we would be at this point mm-hmm. in the year. You're on the road at Utah. You're on the road at Kentucky. Those aren't bad losses. They're both ranked teams. Uh, Utah's, you know, again, Pac-12 championship team. We've talked about that. Kentucky's kind of owned Florida. They're not bad losses. A great win at home against Kentucky. Ranked team. Beating right. them. That's a big win. Um, I think the the thing that bugs me the most is, and we'll obviously dive into all this, we've talked about the disaster that special teams is for mm-hmm. the Gators. It's continued to arguably even get worse it's just it's terrible it's a train wreck offense the play con we'll, we'll dive into that but defense seemed to actually be significantly improved and we've got the young crazy coach uh that i love it seemed to really turn it around still a young team uh young defense young players but then something happened against kentucky and i mean we couldn't stop a nosebleed like, they ran all over us. And clearly, that's a coaching thing. They found a weakness, and they exploited it and just dominated us. So, it's hard. I mean, you know, I'm not upset with where we are. This is where we thought we would be. Mm-hmm. But you're just, the timing of that question is brutal. Like a uh, like a parent, right? I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We It seemed like we were gaining momentum. It seemed like we were making the right steps. We we're doing the right things. I mean, we know our offense isn't going to be explosive. We know we're going to have issues. We got a young team, but we, I just I felt like defense was the like one consistent that we had. I mean, stats speaking, we were the number one, going into the Kentucky game. Florida was the number one defense in the SEC. Yeah, and that wasn't because they're playing. I mean, they had two cupcake games, right? Sure. But so did everybody the, else. That they had played a top, whatever they are, fifteen team Utah, right? Right, on the road and a Tennessee team, as well. And then Correct. that. So there were some good things there. And then, hey, they played great at home, Tennessee. That was a great win, right? The yeah. Great momentum um, from that. Did a good job. I don't want, I guess where I'm at, I don't want to dive into all these stats, all these things, try to diagnose of what's going on. Um, that's not my job. I'm not 
I don't know football enough. I don't know all these variables. Where, where I'm at is I'm a little bit concerned from somebody who, again, not X's and O's huge. I don't know if we're going in the right direction. Right. And I don't know if some of these things are really fixable. Right. Or are they signs for more thing, for more bad things to come in the future? That's that's where I'm at. Right. Because. Maybe use the analogy, I've been hurt. Right. <laughs> Since 2010. Right. right. We, we've had a lot of bad relationships, a lot of bad breakups. Um We've had hope with Muschamp. We've had hope with McIlwain. We've had hope with even Mullen, right? Right. And those all just were disasters. And I, I guess maybe it's maybe it's the wrong way to think about it, but you look at it and you say, at some point, this is going to fail. Sure. Right, and you're just waiting. You're like, oh, see, they did that toxic trait. They have what is their what is the toxic trait that we have? Right, and that's going to hurt us. Yeah, and I, I feel that is that a long term thing or is that really just a annoying thing that I'm overanalyzing? Right, right. Like, should I really care that they're biting their nails? Right, or does that right, mean right. that they're actually a crazy person? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I gotcha. <laughs> you know, and and that and that's where I'm at, and I I don't think we'll ever really know the answer, but if if you had to ask me which side I'm on, I'm on the side of a little bit of pessimism, right? That that the special teams, the play calling, all this stuff is, is there's just too many things going on that I'm like, ah, are these really? Is this just who we are, or is is it really something that we can turn around? Yeah, I think we have an, a large enough sample size now to start making some conclusions on mm-hmm. certain things. Yeah. To me, I think the weakest aspect of our entire team is coaching. It is it it is coaching. It doesn't we we have still a ton of really really dumb penalties and dumb in-game decisions. And to me that's just that's a reflection of coaching. And I don't know if it's not being prepared I don't know if it's a lack of true, like, you know, in-game coaching ability. I'm not sure what that is, but that is reflective of the coaches, in my opinion. And that's, that is what's concerning to me. Because, again, we knew the talent wasn't there. We know that. We know we're not going to go to Atlanta and play. We know we're not going to win eight or nine games. We We knew that. That's okay because of the talent level. But you can still not have talent and not make a bunch of dumb mental mistakes throughout the game. And that's where I really, really struggle. Like, even the Kentucky game, we let them run for a bazillion yards on us, right? And that's, I mean, whatever. You know you were going to get that at some point throughout this year. There's a very good chance that Georgia just, I mean, mops the floor with us. Fine. But, you know, you look at our schedule, and... We have three wins right now. You've got to assume we beat Vanderbilt at home. Mm-hmm. Like, we lost him last year, but it was on the road. It was kind of at the end of the year. We were, it was a lost year. So you're at four wins. I don't know where the next two wins are to get us to a bowl game. And, like, there's no 
reason the Florida Gators should never make a bowl game. I agree. And yet it's happened like three, you know, three times since 2010 or so. Right. I mean, each coach has got, that's gotten fired has had a losing season. Right. Right. Um, so it's, yeah. As a fan, looking back at it, going into the Kentucky game, I said, this year it's actually, you can take it as a positive negative. Every game after the Tennessee game, I saw in my mind as a toss-up game. Like, I would not be surprised outside of the Georgia game. Right. Right. I would not be surprised if Florida won or lost that game. Or any, no, I'm not saying Georgia, I'm saying every other game besides it. You got South Carolina, Missouri, um, you know, Florida State, Arkansas, LSU. So I, I, like at least the SEC, right? Like, I would not be shocked if not shocked after the performance against Tennessee. I'm like, this team is capable of certain things and and to be good, right? So going forward, I said, I think it's a 50 50. I wouldn't be surprised if they win or win or lose. That's great as a fan that you're like, hey, we're actually have a chance in every single game. But the negative of that is, oh my gosh, I have no idea right. if we're going to win or not this game because right. I have no idea which team is going to show up. Yeah. Right? Like, and even in halves, like the first half of Tennessee, you're like, I mean, it started off horrible. Right. right? And then it they did. come back and it was first half, you're like, fantastic. I think they made every single third down play. Yeah. Right? And then the second half, you're like, Ooh, not great, but hey, thank God we got our defense and playing this, whatever. So yep. it's just like a that's, – that's a lot on me. <laughs> that's a lot. No, you're That's you're a lot right. as a fan. Like, it's great that we're in it, but it's a lot because you – it's a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> it is. You're, you're, they're good enough to give you hope, but not good enough to truly believe in. Yeah. And, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I – now I don't think we can win on the road at LSU. To be very clear, I I don't. To me, I think you might as well just put down an L. Um, Georgia. I agree, but realistically, you still believe that there is some hope, right? Like, I'm not saying yeah, you would bet, but like uh, you would. I don't. Know. You would give a. a th- that, that's one where. I don't know. Okay, so you put, so you put that one away, right? That, but you still have that. Missouri. Um, at South Ca- South Carolina. At South Carolina. Agreed, right? Arkansas. Arkansas for sure. But those are three games that you honestly are like, we have a chance to win those games. I just don't know which Florida team is going to show up. I agree, and and that's that is what's hard because you are right. We should beat South Carolina. We we should. Um, we should beat Arkansas. That's at home. Um. Missouri, I I don't know. I, I actually think Missouri is pretty decent. Yeah. You play there, but you're right. To your point, you you feel like man, we could win this game. We really could. But the same thing against Kentucky. We could win at Kentucky. Nope. Guess again. I mean, it wasn't. We didn't even. We weren't even in the same ballpark that day. Like. I mean, they were close. They they made it a game towards the end, right? But it, again, it's just I don't want to go into the X's and O play calling, right? But you're like, we don't have an offense that can score quick, right? Our our style of things, like we need to be up early and control the clock, play turn. Our margin is so low, right? Like, yeah. I guess right now, 
the one thing that I have seen for this season, which is a is bad, is the reason we won against Tennessee is because third down efficiencies. Yep. Right. So going other than that, our third down has been horrible. Right. Which so the, was our bugaboo last year. Correct. So it's like we have such low margin. Is it players? Is it coaching? Right. Like the special teams thing. You can make an argument, you know, that people say out there that's like, hey, Napier's not gonna make it this fire the special teams non-coach right. or whatever right. in the middle of the season, and he's also and he's probably not going to throw them under the bus right right now, or at least publicly right right. So those are things that you have to just be like, put a bandaid on it and see what we can do for the rest of the year. And go that way, right? Other people are hanging their heads on, we need an OC so Napier can be a CEO kind of type, right? Like, I guess, I don't know. I, I just, let's take a look and see what happens. Let's. I'm just going to, I'm old enough now with Gator football that I just, I'm just going to see what happens I also know that it's very frustrating. That was a very frustrating game to watch, the Kentucky game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to appreciate it because we only get 12 Saturdays a year to watch Gator football. That's true. As miserable as it was yep. to watch that, it is still I want to sit there and watch college football and cheer on the Gators yeah. and watch them. Oh, right? Absolutely. It's better than what we're going to have in the spring when you're like, man, I miss football Yeah. on that. And even that glimmer of hope. Yeah. Well, and before we started the podcast, we were talking about what yeah. we're going to do for the game. Yeah. You know what? And that, yes, the Saturdays revolve around the game. At some, regardless of what time it is, yeah. you're making plans around it, and that's what's fun. And I love it. Um, yeah. I'm trying. You got to have a little balance, right? Right. Uh, but I miss the days when we knew we're better. We're going to kick than your everybody. butt. Yeah. But and this is a game that I'm going to enjoy. And that hey. Oh, guess what? They're we're losing a little bit. Like, think of Georgia, right? When it's like, oh, they're losing, but guess what? You know they're gonna turn it on. Oh yeah. Right? They're gonna turn yeah. it on and they get to the extra level. Right. Uh, we don't really have that. No, we don't. We and don't. I don't know the the if I go negative, I don't know. Next year's schedule is even worse. Next year's schedule is insane. Right. We thought this year was tough, and it is. But next year, I mean, it's crazy. Crazy, but, but, you know, A, I'm okay with that, and, I mean, I, you have expanded playoffs now, I don't know, I, I just, the schedule to me is not that big of a thing, like, we're getting a lot of the tough games at home, more than this year, I feel like this year, the road schedule's brutal, um, but, I don't know, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. So, a quick question for you, though. What what are your thoughts on Mertz so far? He's done fine. He's done. He has done better than, slightly better than what I thought. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I guess, I don't know what I really thought. If I read about it, when we first got Mertz, I'm like, oh, that's the best that we could do. Right. Right? But I guess to Napier's credit, like, Napier has put him in good positions to manage the game and win, right? Like, he, yeah. made, he made some really good throws against that. Like, he's leading the SEC or whatever in efficiency, right? Like, he, yeah. he he has actually really good numbers. Do we throw it down the field a lot? No. 
right? Uh, we did a little bit more against Kentucky. Again, our margin is just so low, but he is fine, and he is he's give he gives us a chance, right? Yeah. He he has given us a chance to, I guess, to be where we are, right now. Yeah. No, um, I I agree. I mean, I think we're. I would say our offense is probably more efficient than what I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. It's our line that's killing us. I think, you know, the playmakers have been fine. They're just limited because they don't get the opportunities they should be getting. And, yeah, I think Mertz is delivering. I, I think he's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at a stat like um, the opponent-adjusted offensive efficiency ratings for the first Everybody's offense, what they've been rated for the last, I don't know, since Billy Napier has been a head coach, 2018, right? Okay. Um, he's averaged 30th, right? Like the elite offenses are Ryan Day at fourth, Lincoln Riley at six, Josh Heupel at nine, Brian Kelly 18, Harbaugh 16, Lane Kiffin 27, oh, Napier wow. 30, Dabo 31, Norvell 34, and Jimbo Fisher 36. Right, like Norvell, the last couple of years has had number seven fourteen, but he had a ninety four, right, in there and, and and some other things, right. Billy's just been pretty consistent at his lowest is forty three, his high, you know, the best has been twenty one, right. So he's he's right around there, twenty one's right. thirty. He he's got a. What people <laughs> say is that his offense is is actually. I have read that his offense is actually like the Dolphins from the scheme, right? Like an NFL Dolphins scheme, have motion, do all this stuff. But we're not necessarily calling the the same plays. Like it has the potential to do all that stuff, but not not really, right? I mean, we don't have the same players. You don't have Ty... They have Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins, running in motion... And then going full speed and doing a play. Right. Like, we have that with um, Ricky Pearsall, but then we don't run the same play. Right. Which is kind of frustrating. Right? It could be option. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. No, there are no X's and O's. Yeah. Right? That's why I... I who, who knows from that? Just, I'm cautious... I don't know if the negative things we are seeing now are things that are going to be his demise, or I really hope that if he truly is a CEO kind of guy, right, um, that he can be, he's all about process, all about very detail-oriented, that he can actually analyze it and say, we need to make a change, right? right. If, if he can prove that says, we need to make a change and, and tries to do things differently, Hey, that that's what I hope. Yeah. That that's what I hope happens, right? But I guess I. Well, I think that's what got Mullen in trouble was the loyalty not making changes, you know. So Napier's got to show that he's willing to make changes, I... um, and he may. I, I mean, there's still time to do that, and and I don't think, you know, what's maybe I'm wrong with this. Maybe I'm I'm looking at this wrong, but. I do feel like the majority of Gator fans are being patient with Billy. Like, they're still frustrated, yes. But I don't... Have you heard many people say, like, he needs to be fired? Uh, no. Um, 
I think the what I read a lot right now is he needs to get an OC. He needs to hire an offensive coordinator yeah. by the end of the season and be the CEO. And then that he also needs to get a special team and that he needs to recruit the offensive line, do a better job at recruiting offensive line because um, that's clearly where we struggle. Which you could argue that every – I've read something that every coach – since 2010 um, has struggled with offensive line. The, it's a great article basically saying how Napier has inherit, inherited a horrible offensive line-like culture because Muschamp, at some points, Muschamp took one offensive lineman. There, Like every SEC right. person on a, every SEC team during the time frame took at least – let's say on average th- four offensive linemen each class. Right. We had three years of like one or two. Oof. Yeah. Right. And and then you'd get like five or something and then, you know, go back and forth. So right. it does start in the trenches. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into too much of that, right? At, when I first... My stance with Billy, again, was I don't know if he's going to be the right coach, but he's going to leave Florida in a much better place for somebody else to be able to do something. Right. Um, he was hired to change the culture because it was the team and everybody quit on Dan Mullen. Right. Culture was horrible. Yeah. I think he's done that. Yeah. Right. He's hired to recruit better. He's showing that and doing better. You know, he plays the best players. Yeah. Right. Which... I mean, freshmen and sophomores are pretty much the entire yeah. um, roster, which is good or bad, right? Depending if we're playing bad or not. That's right. Um, and and that if I'm a recruit, what he's telling you is, you know, hey, you're going to be able to have a chance to play. Well, here's our starting safety, Jordan Castle, who's a freshman. Like, hey, there you go. Right. Right. And look at all these people that are that are playing. So all those things, the facilities, whatever, like he's – He's done all those things, and, and and that I'm not concerned about. Right? right, the organization, the detail, getting things in order, got it. Now I'm just switching to the X's and O's, which was really the big question of can he handle right. the X's and O's. And I guess this season, this off season, what I'm looking for is can he self reflect, like he says he they do all the time, the process, and make the necessary changes that that we need. Right, right, and. That's what I'm looking for because to realize, can he do it or is it a toxic trait? Right. Yeah. No, I I totally agree with you. And I I hope, you know, I and I struggle with this, I guess, because does the lack of talent affect the decision making from a play calling standpoint, too? You know, does he have faith in certain plays or, you know, is he not as aggressive because, you know, we don't have certain players or whatever it is, you know, it's kind of the chicken and egg thing. But I do think, again, we now have a large enough sample size for one and a half years, basically, to say, well, this seems to be fairly consistent, you know, play calling and penalties and dumb decisions, et cetera. I, I do think having an offensive coordinator would only help. Um, yeah, and I mean, to hold Billy accountable or the Gators, at some point, 
you can't just run your scheme. You have to do what's best for your players. Yeah. Any any leader, right, says, hey, this my direct report, my person that I'm leading is not doing well. You are responsible for getting them up to par. Right. Right. If they're not meeting your objectives, then you may have to change your objectives. Right. Yeah. Right. You may not be able to run this thing. I think Dan Mullen was really good at that of saying, hey, I mean, I think it pained him to be, be like, I can't have a running quarterback. I have Kyle Trask who throws it. Right. Right. But, you know, to adjust to what his players do best. And I don't know if we're in that. Right. Like, I don't know which side of the spectrum he's in. And, and we may not know because we're not on the inside of is the reason some of these things happen is because he's too determined of you will do it my way. And until I get my players, we're going to do it. So it's like that. Or is he truly just in saying, this is what I have. Right. I need to put them in the best position yeah. possible and change. And, and I think the answer is always going to be a little 50-50. Yeah. Right? Like you try to build for the future of I want it done this way, but then you have to adjust sure. to what the players go. And now that I'm talking, ultimately, I, I think one of the things probably in the culture is that we're just very up and down. And I don't, that could be a coaching thing, right? Of how do you keep your players motivated and say, you had a great game. Like, look at Dion. He, he takes on the guys. Do you like how everybody's talking about us and doing all those things? Go read your newspaper clippings and go read about how great you are. You know right. why? And, and if you want that to continue, go play great again. Yeah. Because if, if you as soon as you play bad, they're going to talk crap about you. And he embraces that and, and does it, right? So th- I guess that's what that kind of motivation and things is, is what yeah. you is what you what I what you need, what Urban was great at, and what all, like the Sabins, the rat poison, all the stuff that the coaches do is and even Kirby, right? They find a way to motivate these teams, whether it's I mean, look at Michael Jordan, where it's lying to them, right. in a sense, yeah. and saying they talked bad about you or any of that stuff, and and yeah, that that's that's what I think yeah. separates the really good because they're they're there. I mean, they've we've shown even last year, you they beat Utah. They had moments, South Carolina. They had things that clicked. Right. And you're like, this is a, this we might be a really good team. I mean, last year even against FSU, that was like their. One of their best teams that they had, we were right, Florida was right there, and you could say should have beat them. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and Billy's not the, like, he's not going to be like Dion. He's a totally different style coach. But, yes, I'm to your point, I think there's still ways to motivate a team, whether it's through manipulation, kind of, or using other coaches or whatever it is. Um, and I think the team's motivated. I don't think there's, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lack of motivation right now, at least at this point, but it, it is just inconsistent. It's hard. It's very difficult to, uh, know how to feel about the team, I guess. Like, I just, I don't know how to feel. I'm, I'm, I'm lost one. I'm lost. Yeah. It, it's tough to gain momentum, right? Florida has yeah. not won on the road. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. With Billy. Road, yeah. Right? So so that's something. I will say he corrected the winning at home, yeah. right? Which yeah. which was great. So now, I guess what I'm looking for is let how do we, 
again, I expect us to beat Vanderbilt. If we can beat Vanderbilt at home, beat Arkansas Let, at home. I, I want to see how we go. We fix one thing of, of a big game at home. Let's try to fix the road now. Yeah. What is it that needs to happen on the road yeah. for us to change? And show me some progress there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Right? Like, did we win any road games last year? No. No. We, but that's what we need to do. We need to beat South Carolina on the road. Like that, that would be, or beat Missouri on the road or both. Yeah. Heck, you know, I mean, again, I, I don't know about Missouri. I think that's going to be a tough one. That That's going to be difficult. But, you know, I, if you beat South, it sounds ridiculous to say, but South Carolina on the road, that'd be a good win. That'd be a really good win. And he needs those things for momentum yep. to buy in. Because Just like the Tennessee win. Because it's so, that that was great. I think it was a great atmosphere. Recruits are probably like this. But you need a couple of more of those so that players can buy in and the culture starts setting in of, guys, you can play really well. Listen to me. Right, right. Because right. winning fixes everything. And nothing builds momentum. Nothing gives you confidence. Nothing makes the fans happier than winning it just at the end of the day even if it's ugly wins it doesn't matter a win's a win i feel great when we win i feel fantastic isn't it like sunday morning is great the rest of your saturday is fantastic you want to read all the stuff about the gators what you're doing you start looking at tickets you're like oh do i want to (laughs) maybe right do these things right food tastes better you know you're happier around you're happier around the family drinks are colder yeah, there's, you're yeah, it's it's good. I agree. We'll get there, but we just need a, I don't know. I, I go back to let's enjoy the rest of the Saturdays we have with the Gators. Let's, let's do it. Let's just enjoy. Let's just enjoy. Alright, we're back on the JK Sports Podcast with a little, some tunes, bringing you the best tunes. Little Lord Huron. Huron. Yeah, yeah. What does Lord Huron look like? They look like... I picture, I picture long hair. Yep, If you, you have a Lord it. Huron name, yep. you're going to have long hair. Definitely long hair. They all wore <coughs> uh, suits when they played, all of them, um, and they jammed, man. They were good. I dig it. They wore suit like all of them, like suits, like business suits. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was fantastic, fantastic. I, I, they liked a little performance enhancers too. You know, I think of when I think of Lord Huron. This is in my mind. I'm thinking of a band called The Darkness. Oh man! I believe in a thing called love. Yes. That's, that's what I like, think. 80s, like early 80s yeah. hair bands. They're not like, early 80s. They're like 2000s. But no, no, were... no. I know. But I'm saying the look, though. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in a thing called love. That, yeah. that song really pumped me up oh, back man, in the day. Oh, man. It was awesome. Yes. True story. That was our uh, our fraternity in college when we would have intramural games. That was the pump-up <laughs> song before any intramural games just through the frat house you're putting that on. Everybody's getting ready. That's fantastic. It was. I love it. It was great. <clears throat> yeah, it's good stuff. So, 
All right. It was a rough September a little bit. You yeah. know, you had some Gator stuff. But you had Ryder Cup, which was also amazing, right? Ryder Cup, um, Italy, pretty cool. Um, U.S. did not do great. Obviously, that's 20 years since the U.S. has won in Europe. Right. Um, with that. But going into it, you're really excited. The viewing, not so great because it started at 1.30 in the morning. Right. Right, and all that. But... USA, World Cup, no, sorry, not World Cup, Ryder, Ryder Cup. Cup. What do we think? Uh, Where are you with that? I, I, It was worse than I expected. I do think uh, everybody expected Europe to win. Um, there, it, it was very apparent. There was a lot of side stories that happened, right? A lot of kind of fights, not getting along, blah, yeah, and we can go into all the side stories if yeah. we want, but what is clear to me after this week is that uh, Europe just cares more than the U.S., and they're there to represent their country and their continent and to be part of something bigger than themselves as an individual, and they live for that and are truly honored to be a part of that week in that tournament the americans it just does not mean the exact same thing to them and it shows and especially in the team aspect um you know when they got to individual play at the last day the americans actually did pretty good they performed well um but i mean when you get shut out in the team aspects in a session that's, there's no excuse for that. That's ridiculous, especially with the talent on the American side. Um, they're just not used to playing team golf. I don't think they necessarily like it, and Europeans took advantage of it. I say so what you're saying is the U.S. has a patriotism issue. Europe, no. Europe is more patriotic. Uh, In the sense of they care more about a collective than individualism. Yeah, I don't think it's a patriotism issue. I think it's more of a I'm looking out for me issue. I think, and, and I do think that's also a product of the sport itself because it is so individualized and you are your own team, your own champion, your own brand, etc. The Ryder Cup is very much the opposite of that, where you are truly a part of a team and something significantly larger than even just a team, but a country. So it's hard. I think that's a difficult switch to flip because I think it takes a special mentality to be successful in an individual sport like golf, like tennis. And... So I'm not necessarily saying they don't want to do well for their country, and it doesn't mean anything to them. I think it just it means less <laughs> than, than the European side. I think it's it's more of an honor for Europe to be a part of it than it is for the Americans. Well, we're analyzing this now in Europe, right, that we... The U.S. hasn't won in Europe, but they have won in the in in the United States. 
and they are really good at home. And when the Ryder Cup is in the U.S., there is no, like, this team is a bunch of, they're not unified, and we're not trying to dissect what is Europe doing, right, in a sense, yeah. um, that way. Um, but but here's here's the difference, though. So I do think Europe has won in U.S., yep. more frequent than the U.S. has won in Europe. Uh, the U.S. has more talent than Europe, historically. Yeah. When, you, when you actually look at the squads, uh, the rankings, the players, etc. They've recruited better. They've recruited better. That's right. They, they have the better team. And th- it's not that they lose in Europe. It's that they get boat raced. I mean, this was over in the second day. Like, there, there was just, you know, they, they played well the last day, but it was over in the second day. It was over early. And that just shouldn't be the case. I, you have a massive advantage playing at home in this tournament with the fans, with things that are said. Uh, it's just, it's it's a huge advantage, no doubt. But I mean, it's not even close. It's not even competitive. We're the Florida Gators, right? They, as of right now, they can't win on the road. Yeah. Right. And there's something going on. Yeah. That they can't win on the road. Here's right. a stat for you. Love stats, right? Uh, let's hear it. Since 2000, the European Ryder Cup team has had more top 10 players on its team than the Americans one time. Right? So, okay. since 2000, in 2014, Europe had more top 10 players than America. Okay. Right? Every other year, U.S. has had more top 10 players. Okay. Europe is eight and three in those eleven Ryder Cups. That's wild. But that that, that's that goes to your talent, right? Yeah. We have had more talent yep. in than this sample size of eleven Ryder Cups. Yep. In that time frame, we've had more talent than them. Ten times, ten out of the eleven Ryder Cups. Right. And we have basically gone eight and three. We've won three of those. Yeah. That that speaks to something about that, but again, yeah, clearly Europe does something uh, in their team building in their process for the Ryder Cup right. that um, the U.S. doesn't do or doesn't come out on the road. Yeah, right. It it comes out at home, and a lot of that is hey, the fans are there. There's Sure. It's loud, all this, and how can sure. you, and if you're not getting up for that, like you don't you yeah, deserve right, to be right um, to to be on there. But there is something that I guess would signify that if you were if they could turn it on, then it would not even be a competition. Yeah, and you look at it. U.S. would win every time. Correct, and they should. But the the top players. I mean, think about Europe's top three. You had Rom, Rory, and Vic. I mean, they just crushed their matches. And you think about our big players. I mean, Scheffler, did he even... I don't, I don't think he won one match. I think he was shut out the whole time. Yeah, he, he halved the uh, other one. You, you know... Um, the singles. You just... When, when you think about the big players, like, their big players perform when they need to. Um, ours don't. And it, it's... It clearly is not a talent thing. It clearly is a mentality thing. So it's well, just... Well, let me, let me uh, expand on this talent thing, though, right? Because if we're measuring talent by the top 
10, mm-hmm. right? And and we have this whole ranking system. The U.S. does have more talent, but let's just use Brian Harmon or Wyndham Clark. Okay. Right? Wyndham Clark, probably a better example. He won a, tur- a couple tournaments or a tournament a couple weeks before the U.S. Open was playing really well, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden wins the U.S. Open in July. Right. Or excuse me, June. June, right. Um, since that, he's not done much, right? But because he won those, it's pretty much impossible to kick him out of... If you win a major, it's pretty much impossible to kick you off the Ryder That's right. Cup. You win a major, you're on. Right, you're on. And that may not necessarily mean you're going to be on in October. Right. Or 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 September. Right. I would say the and, and and that's nothing against him or Brian Harmon or any of these guys, right? But those guys have the talent, but they don't have the talent consistently, right? And and live whatever we can go into that of that's what makes the PGA great that at any time, if you're on the PGA tour, you are good enough to win a major. You're good enough to do to do that stuff, right? Um, to, to be right. one of the best, at, at, give or take, right? Okay, right. Um, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be consistent enough throughout the year, right? right. So maybe right. there has to be something with the rankings for Ryder Cup, right, to talk about consistency over a time frame because that's what you need at the end, which with some things about who are the hottest players Towards the end. Like, Victor Hovland had a great year. Yeah. Right? And he was hot towards the end. Right. Right? John Rahm is just a great player, and you know you're going to get great out of that, right? right. You know you're going to get um, sustained success from from Rory as well, or even something right. out of it. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, we could argue, was the last man picked, and then he went on a roll. Uh you know, after that, at the last Ryder Cup, at the last, yeah. at the yeah. last Ryder Cup, I guess, or my whole point in this was, Europe doesn't, they do have some stars, but a lot of their guys are just people who have been consistent the entire year because the U.S. has is better, right, and has guys that actually win majors and and do that stuff, you know, the automatic we, qualifiers. Probably shouldn't even have been on the team is what you're saying. Yes. I guess we have guys that, yes, you can win. You have guys who get really high and then have some really, really bad lows, and they're not consistent. Right. Right. Where the Europe team, I'm just arguing or thinking, proposing that they have a lot of guys that maybe don't have that high end. I mean, they Rory Ram, besides a couple. We have 12 people, right? Sure. But the majority of their team are people who are just they're consistent, and they're not going to win. McIntyre. Yeah, they're they're not going to win majors. They're probably never going to win a major, but they'll be top five. Right. Fleetwood. Yeah. Right. Hasn't won that. He's got high end things and everything, but for the most part, he's consistent, and he's going to get you top ten, top twenty five in majors. Our guys may win a major and then may not even qualify. Right. And and so I guess how do we get? Maybe that's an advantage to them, and something that we could restructure in how we how we pick the team. No, you're right. I mean, because when you think about it, you know, Lucas Glover of all people 
was playing great at the end of the year, in hindsight, you're like, man, he probably would have been a pretty good one to have on the team. Um, I mean, couldn't have done worse, right. you know. Um, but, yeah, pick the people playing hot at the end of the year. I mean, think about, like, Sam Burns. Sam Burns didn't do anything this year. Like, he probably should not have been on the team, you know. Um, and I get it. You're taking a two-year sample size. He had a good, you know, prior year, earned enough points. You can say they earned it. I guess, you know, are we are we trying to win or did you earn it? You know, like that. that's, I think, the argument that you have to go with. And you have to get people that are mentally tough. And, you know, JT was, you know, they grilled Zach Johnson for picking JT. I think it's a good pick. You, he's proven that he can thrive in that setting. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you needed somebody on that team. Did he play great? Not really, but I think mentally you that's who you need on the team. So yeah. if you had 12 JTs that were, you know, playing quote unquote average throughout the year, I think mentally you would have an edge that the other team wouldn't and that's okay. Yeah, you need guys that aren't afraid of competition and aren't afraid of that and, and can put fear into others in a competition setting, right. right? Like JT, yes, he didn't play well, but there were moments in the match where he's down. I mean, let's take the very first Ryder Cup day Friday. They sit out Spieth and Thomas in the morning. They get blanked. And then in the afternoon, Spieth and Thomas are down like two or whatever. Rom's making eagles, and they storm back and have a, a two-up lead, right? right? Now, they came back and ended up having it or... Yeah, I think having it or losing it, something along that. I think they have it. Um, and that's all the credit to Rom and, and them because they're not going to be scared. But there's going to be some players that you're going to say, oh, my gosh, like the pressure, all of this going on. I have this per, this guy that's just in the Tiger effect. Right. I have Tiger. Tiger would win in his prime. On Sunday, before he even got to the tee box, because you're like, I'm playing with Tiger Woods right. and what's going on, right? Or they have those things of every good team, the Alabama effect of once they're up a touchdown or even 10 points, you're like, I know that we're still in this game, but you're not really in this game right. because you know they have another level right. in that. And, and it's up to the opponent to say, am I going to fight back or not? Yeah, and that makes it great, and hats off to the underdogs or opponents if they come back and win. But I want the guys that put the fear and say they're up one and there's two holes left. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I totally agree. That. So so yes, that there has to be that component in into it rather than let's just have these. I guess stop having metrics to have metrics, right? You there's if we're measuring things, it's measuring to to your point to win. Yeah. Right? We there's the desired outcome is I want these toughest SOBs or these guys on the, that are going to win the Ryder Cup and be my foxhole guys. Yeah. Right? And and so are the metrics and are things that we are measuring to get on the team those things that say, "Yep, because you've done XYZ, you are definitely going to be ready at that time frame. Just like Urban in the Netflix thing that we talked about, Swamp Kings. Floor mats. 
right. floor mat drills, right? He right. said, that was even before you played a single snap. Right. He goes, I want the toughest guys and I want to make you quit. Yeah. Because if you quit right now, then I know you're not tough enough and you're not going to be with me when things get tough. Right. He measured the right things. And I think, too, I think it there needs to be a different approach when you play on the road, quote unquote, you know, in Europe. I think mentally it is totally different than when you're playing in front of a home crowd where everybody's cheering for you. I mean, these people, they're literally booing you. You hit a bad shot and they're cheering. That is so different than 99% of the other golf matches that they play throughout the year, throughout their career, throughout their whole life. Like, so it's, it's just mentally different and it beats you down. So you need players that just don't give a crap or who feed off of it. Like as much as I can't stand Patrick Cantlay, you know what he's really good at is not giving a crap what people think about clearly because he's extremely unliked and just thrives in that. And he's shown he can do that. That's Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. Again, that is a human being that if I never watch him play golf again, I'll be super happy. But you know what he's good at? is just taking it and just... You need us against the world kind of guys. Yes. Right? And it's great if you get us against the world guys that are likable is even better. Sure. (laughs) Right? But you need some of those foxhole guys. Again, that's my buzzword for today. Um, That has that. Patrick Reed, you're like, he's going after Rory. Like, who is this guy, right? Right. Like, back then, he wasn't really that big. He hadn't even won the Masters or stuff. But he's going after Rory and taunting him. And, and going nuts. I love it. Yep. Go after him. Who is who is he, right? Us against the world. Yep. Patrick Cantlay earned huge... Can't stand him, right? But, man, after that whole drama with the hat, all this other stuff, he... And for him to make that putt on 18, Insane. right? With yes. all that pressure and everything, that shows me right there, he's got the cojones and the yep. mental toughness to to get it done. So Patrick Canley, you can you can be on the team. Agreed. Right? You Agreed. you you get the star. I guess Brooks was right. When they asked him the question before the Ryder Cup of out of the twenty four people here, match on the line, how many people would actually say, I want to make that putt? Yep. And he said, probably very few. People. Agreed. Right? Yeah. And those very few people are the ones that I want on my team. Um, I, I want totally twelve agree. of those. You know, it, it's. I think it's the same. Th- the thought process for the Europe team is I liked, I would say, 10 of the guys on the European team where week in, week out, I'll cheer for them. I enjoy watching them play. Yeah. But during Ryder Cup, I don't cheer for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't want them to win. You don't want them to play good. It's the same thing for our team. There are guys who week in, week out, I don't cheer for. I don't want to watch. I don't really care for. But you know what? I'll cheer for them in the Ryder Cup. So it goes both ways, and I think that's what we need to start taking into account moving forward with the American team. You've read the Phil book. Mm-hmm. Phil maybe was a little right about restructuring the Ryder Cup, how he had that whole committee you right. know, way back then and, and different things. He talked about how Tom Watson was the drill sergeant in this. Right. Maybe he was also half right in in rechanging things. Phil's been a lot of half right with a lot of things. Phil's problem is is he takes them too far 
um, and too extreme with things. But I don't disagree. I do think a more of a committee approach would be a good thing. I think a, I think you need a captain. I think you need a leader. I think you need a final say. But to me, it's too big of a tournament. You're representing too much to have it all on one guy's shoulders. Yeah. I, I guess I'll, I'll say this, and we all know how we feel about Phil. He has good ideas. The implementation is very bad. Totally agree. Right. Yeah. But he he has good he has good ideas. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have great ideas, but yeah, it's the implementation. It's the uh, challenging. He challenges the the status quo. With yeah, and that that's not a bad thing. You just don't have to burn everything to the ground on the way there, and. I think that's where he's gone wrong. I Phil Phil's going to be <clears throat> in about 20 years there's going to be a really really good article on what happened with Phil on how he was at the top of the world and then just totally Can fell it be off a video? It. Maybe it's a video. Like a, a Netflix a Netflix special. Yeah. I just we we need some sort of I don't know, investigative report on what the heck happened. Yeah, I guess ultimately let's wrap a bow on this. We need more us against the world people when we go to Europe and play Ryder Cups. Agreed. I think we've got it. And hey, Ryder Cups coming to USA, so don't prove me wrong. Um, but I think we've got a good recipe at home. But we need to. We could even be better. Um, than what we're doing. Yeah, be better. That's that's easy, right? But hey, how about we go and us podcasters, we do have our opinions. It's a free country, mm-hmm. but also we'll go cheer you on, USA. As of right now, we have we are going breaking news. Yes. We're going to go to the Ryder Cup. Yeah, 2025, New York. We'll be there. Beth Page. Yeah, we're not just we're going to back. We're going to support. We're not. We may criticize you, but we're going to be right there with you. We'll be cheering on Cantlay. Yeah. We'll be booing Rory as much as I love him. Yeah. All right. So, real quick, kind of a uh, rapid fire. Okay. Go. On Team USA, who is the next, your prediction for the next Scheffler? Meaning... Got onto Ryder Cup, relatively unknown sort of thing, and then is going to go on and either win a major that doesn't have a major well, right now, I, I, or or have yeah. a have a successful that the Ryder Cup is going to catapult them. them. I so I think I, I think you're on the text that I sent. I'm convinced this will propel Max Homa to win at least one major, if not more. He's won plenty of tournaments. Super talented. I love Homa. But I think this type of performance in in this uh, venue and for this tournament will give him the confidence he needs in majors, which he hasn't performed well in. I, I think it's going to do wonders for him. So I'm going to go with Homa. I, I, I like Homa a lot, and I really like that pick. I'm going to, just to be different, mm-hmm. I'll go Cantley. Mm, yeah, it. 
It's weird. He's he been consistent. Um, it's he seems like somebody who's won a major to me, and he hasn't. And he hasn't really. It kind of like Homa hasn't really competed. He's had a couple good finishes, but yeah, that that's weird. He always has like kind of like backdoor finishes that you're like. All right, yeah. he's he's close, but we know he's not going to be there at the end, right? And somebody either passes him or not, but he yeah. ends up finishing like third or fifth. Right. No, I. I and you agree. look back and you say, "Oh wow, like Cantley has done really well." Yeah. So I'll go with Cantley, but I, I I agree. I would love Homa for this to just go to the next level. Yeah, man, Homa's Homa's good, man. He's a good dude. Good dude. Yeah. Oh. All right, Kyle, lightning round. Concert Kyle here again, just a little <laughs> promo. <laughs> the upper rafters. Upper rafters, <laughs> if you need somebody to go with you to, uh, to an InSync concert. Kyle, I'm your man. Kyle's your man. All right, Kyle. Um, lightning round. Let's go to it. Uh, I'll start off with MLB playoffs just started. Um, in fact, uh, they started on Monday. Mm. And already in the division series, clean sweep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, all the teams won in two, in two games. Uh, Rangers beat the Rays. The Twins finally won a series um, the Diamondbacks won and the Phillies beat our uh, our Marlins yep on there uh, one of the stats though I'll get a quick one of who do you think is going to win the World Series but what we can get to that later um, the Rays had the lowest attendance for a postseason MLB game right since World War Two, <laughs> right? Okay. Which people weren't going to games because there was a war. Right. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a fair excuse. Before, that was the lowest attended game. Before, two nights ago in St. Petersburg for a Rays game for a team. Right. <laughs> that there's no war. Right. <laughs> or anything like that going on. Um. Is it time to dismantle the Rays, send them up to Canada, send them to London like the Jags? So, no. First of all, it was Tuesday at 3 p.m., okay? 95% of people are working at Tuesday at 3 p.m. So, no. People probably didn't even know the game was on. There's a legitimate excuse. Rays, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Number two, no. They don't need to move them. They just need to move the stadium. They need to move it out of St. Pete. They need to move it over to Tampa, onto I-4. Then you can get Orlando. You can still keep the St. Pete people. It's just a bad location. I mean, let's not... There are plenty of people across the United States that don't work and will go to a 3 o'clock playoff game. For that low of attendance, right? Now, granted, here's their excuses. They said Sunday... the. The time wasn't announced until Sunday, so right. two days Correct. before. But still, the lowest amount of people there, like that—that's not just because of 
work people are working in 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 St. Pete. Okay, they they go to the beach. There's vacations, all this stuff, right? That that's yeah. that's a that's a bogus uh. bogus excuse. If I was Tampa, I would say, you know what? Which it didn't matter. They lost, but they had a Wednesday game the next day. I would have said. Anybody who had a ticket to Tuesday's game that could not make it, you get in free on Wednesday. Well, but see, I think that's another aspect of it is, so you have all these people, it's Tuesday at three, they're not going to go if there's, there's still two more games, potentially, at least one, like, it's not, it's not like a football playoff game where there's, you're one and done. There's multiple games. It doesn't matter. There are other playoff teams that this did not happen to. Right, they need to be creative at bring people, bringing people in. Right, I heard yeah. something about that back in the day, like the Reds. If you got straight A's, get a free ticket. Right, <laughs> you get A's. to go to get to go to a game, skip school, go, yeah. go to a game. I mean, I don't know what kind of nerds are getting straight A's <laughs> and want to go to baseball games, right? But right. still, we get I, it. I don't know. All the other games were later in the day. Rays, you get a pass. All right, you still want the Florida Rays? I got it. Tampa, Tampa Rays, got it. Tampa Rays. Um, Juan, sad news, Dick Butkus, one of the greatest names of all sports, yes. passed away today, 80 years old, legend linebacker, Chicago Bears great, but that leads to the question, who is the greatest linebacker you have ever watched in your lifetime? Oh, man. Because Lawrence Taylor doesn't really qualify. I mean, why not? Why doesn't he? You didn't really watch him. No. Uh, Michael Parsons looks pretty good, but who knows? That's I, you're not there. Um, I guess Ray Lewis. That that's who I would have gone with. Yeah, Ray Lewis. I didn't watch Mike Singletary, so I can't right um, say that. Uh, who are the? I don't even. <laughs> Terrell Suggs, right? No, who are the great linebackers of? Uh... Ray Lewis, man. Brian Erlacher, Zach Thomas. Yeah. Um, you've got. Uh, I'm trying to think of like the greats, but you know, I think Ray Lewis has. Demarcus to be Ware, but he was kind of He's a. He's more of an end, right? Yeah. James Harrison. James Harrison was a stud. He was a scary dude. Vaughn Miller, but he was kind of an edge too. Yeah, I guess Derek Brooks. Yeah, Derek Brooks was great, man. He's a stud. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Brandon Spikes. That's the best linebacker. Yep. I've seen. There it is. <laughs> yep. Co- collegiate. Collegiate. Yeah. Brent. I'll I'll go with Spikes. His his hit on No Sean Marino. Oh, on it was man. one That'll of my favorite plays of yeah. of all time. That was awesome. Right. All right. Um, soccer. Yeah. Messi. Yeah. Man, he's really he's really amped up Miami. Yeah. All this stuff, but he's he hasn't been playing a lot, right? And uh, they recently just lost one of the games that. So they had a big matchup a couple Sundays ago, Orlando um, City versus uh, Inner Miami, uh-huh. right? Messi did not play, which these tickets were going for like eight hundred dollars right. before, and then Messi announces that he's not even playing right um, with it. But to Miami's credit. 1-1, one, one, tie. Yeah. They, they tied against them, so good for them. They recently lost, and I think they're going to miss the playoffs for the MLS. Um, big deal, little deal, no deal? 
Well, I think Messi's a huge deal. Um, I think, I, I will say if you're Messi and you're Miami, if he can walk, he's playing. You stick him on the field. It doesn't matter. I don't care. There's no excuses. You just, people are paying too much money to see him play. It's only going to help brand the league as a whole. He's only here for a couple years max anyway. So just run him ragged. I guess here's here's a follow-up question. Um, is Messi, is one player in soccer really able to change the entire team and make him that good like he has been? Um, because, I mean, they win pretty much every single game that he plays in. And I, they were horrible. Yeah, I, I think you – it's like Ted Lasso, right? And uh, what was the one the, – the player in the last season, the one guy that they bring in that – he reminds me of um, the Swedish guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ibr- Ibrahimovic. But anyway, my point is is I think it's more about the team believing they can win than actually one guy affecting the team that much. Now – Messi's the greatest soccer player of all time, so yes, he has an impact on the field, no doubt. But back to the Ryder Cup thing, like, you know, mentally, I think he provides an edge on the team that they previously didn't have. So, yeah, it's a large impact. Zava. Zava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Zava. He is Zava. Yeah. All right. I'm just quick, rapid... Other soccer question okay. before we wrap it up. Um, women's soccer mm-hmm. doesn't have a coach. Yeah. We had a really bad, um, you World know, Cup. World Cup. Right. Olympics are next year, 2024. Yeah. Are you taking the U.S. or the field? Field, for sure. They lost Ertz. Um, Rapina didn't, she's not that impactful, but she's gone. They're losing a lot of the old guard. They need the young ones to come in and play. Don't have a coach. I'm taking the field. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Sad. No patriotism. Uh, I want them to win. I'm not <laughs> saying I don't want them to win, but, you know, let's be logical here. Zava. Zava. <laughs> <laughs>